Hello, and welcome to the Neshama Project podcast, where we explore spiritual tools for human thriving. I'm Rabbi Ben Newman. This week, in honor of the Hebrew month of Sivan and the holiday of Shavuot, where we celebrate the giving of the Torah, we will be talking to a special guest, Rabbi Michael Strasfeld, about Torah and Jewish spirituality and reimagining Judaism for this new age and his new book called Judaism Disrupted, a Spiritual Manifesto for the 21st Century. Rabbi Michael Strasfeld is arguably most famous for being one of the editors of the Jewish Catalog, a classic work of Jewish spirituality from 1973. He also edited the second and third Jewish catalogs from 1975 and 79. He authored a book on the Jewish holidays. He also co-authored A Night of Questions, a Passover Haggadah, and another book called A Book of Life, Embracing Judaism as a Spiritual Practice. He also released a recording in 2003 called Songs to Open the Heart, Contemplative Nigunim. He edits a free weekly newsletter about Judaism. He was the rabbi of Congregation Anche Chesed in Manhattan, and then the Society for the Advancement of Judaism, also in Manhattan, until his retirement in 2015. He was also a faculty member at the Institute for Jewish Spirituality. And as I mentioned earlier, he has just released a new book, called Judaism Disrupted, a Spiritual Manifesto for the 21st Century. We welcome Michael Strassfeld to the podcast. Hi, Rabbi Strassfeld. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I first wanted to start off by asking you a question that I've asked many of our guests, which is, what first got you interested in Jewish spirituality and in Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah? I grew up in a modern Orthodox Jewish home. My father was uh, a rabbi, and so I really grew up within uh, the tradition and, and particularly modern Orthodoxy. And uh, I, I attended a day school, and one of the inter interesting things in that at day school, looking back um, at the time, was that we we learned about Hasidism, um, we learned about Hasidism in, as part of Jewish history, but we never studied Hasidic text. It wasn't part of the classic curriculum, even though the day school I went to, Maimonides in, in Boston area, had a, a broader Jewish curriculum than many other day schools. So we studied Hebrew, we studied the prophets, we studied uh, Humash, not just Talmud, Talmud, Talmud. And um, the... That began to change for me when I joined Chabrat Shalom, which was an, an intentional community in the, again in the Boston area and in, in Somerville, and um, and it was a part of the Jewish counterculture. This was uh, uh, after when I was a graduate student, and most of the other members were graduate students, and we we lived our lives together. It wasn't a commune, but we just we spent a lot of time together studying, um, spending Shabbat, praying together. 
and um, partly because of two influential people who were uh, founders of, of the Chavurah, uh, Rabbi Zalman Shechter Shalomi and Rabbi Art Green, uh, Hasidism was really uh, an important piece of, of, of what was of the Judaism that was uh, part of Chavrat uh, Shalom, which was eclectic in the sense of it took from all the different de- denominations and streams of Judaism, but that Hasidism uh, was a was a major uh, influence on on how we thought about Judaism and um, and how we constructed our Jewish lives. Thank you. Fascinating. Is there anything that you feel really distinguished, Chabrat Shalom? One of the things that was important in Chabrat Shalom and uh, is important in Hasidism is prayer. In, in, in many ways, prayer became the central religious activity in Hasidism, not the study of Tal- Talmud. And that was part of the, the shift. And in the Chavurah, the uh, services on Shabbat was 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 the highlight or the center of the week. Oh. Um, and one of the things, actually, I I brought not that there weren't other people as well was I knew lots of Hasidic nigunim wordless melodies from the the non-Orthodox background grew up in that that was. That was the that was the music, that was that was the songs we sang, and and it was um, the time that uh, Shlomo Kabach was becoming, you know, known and and was, you know, reshaping J- Jewish music by his compositions, which, you know, came out of the Hasidic world, as it were. So, um, and that was that was an important piece of of. Of services and, and the atmosphere, we, and we used to, one of the most spiritual times, if I could make that claim, was uh, you know Shabbat afternoon. We uh, we would gather, not not everybody, but many people would gather, and we'd sit around and, and sing, and we would. Uh, there was a, a room next next to the prayer room, which, which had a table, so it was. You know, kind of the classic tish of a of a, 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 a meal with singing and some teaching, and we uh, we didn't we left the lights off. So as the you know as the day was ending and as Shabbat was leaving, we were you know uh, I mean there were lights around in the building and the the Chavra had a had a building where we which we owned and where we met. Um, but it was a very um, spiritual, uh, spiritual time. It was one of my favorite parts of Gabrat Shalom. And there was a, the next step was um, a, a deeper step into spirituality, if I could say, which had to do with um, being invited with a number of other rabbis to a silent meditation retreat that was uh, led by Sylvia Borstein. And 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 partly Sheila Weinberg, and it was you know not the only, but it was one of those beginning moments of of 
what I, I think is a, a, a wider trend in, in Jewish life in terms of uh, Jewish spirituality not being on, just on the, on the margins or just in a few communities, but really um, more broadly, I mean, not everywhere, but more broadly part of um, Jewish life. And, and over time, uh, I think that retreat and other such events and some of the people that were involved in it were, um, uh, in, were important founders of the Institute for Jewish Spirituality. And for me, uh, it, spirit, Jewish spirituality became the lens with which I, I saw my Judaism. Great. Thank you. I wanted to ask you another general question. In your new book, Judaism Disrupted, a Spiritual Manifesto for the 21st Century, you speak a lot about how we can re-envision Judaism in light of the disruption of the old models. What models do you think will work for Jewish communal life in the coming times? What I think is that we are living in challenging times, hence the title of the book is Judaism Disrupted. But I, I, I think the, the big problem is, is which precedes like what are the, what are the structural models, whether it's a, a synagogue or a, a Havara or a JCC or or just uh, you know any kind of group that gets together and and does Jewish together to use something Zalman might have said, um, and I I think for too many people um, Judaism feels disconnected for, from anything that they care about, uh, and and they feel as um, peripheral to. Um, the, to what they see as the the, the inside Jewish world, what um, the the book is about is is saying there's a lot of wisdom and practices within Judaism. Uh, some of them are traditional. Some of them are traditional practices that need to be reinterpreted, and some are new practices. And that what Judaism. I think for a lot of people, I think Judaism is about being a good Jew. And for me, Judaism is about being a good person. And what Judaism offers is to take the most precious gift we've been given in our lives, which is our life, our lives, and live them with meaning and purpose, assisted by the wisdom and and practices of Judaism. A practice, I think, most Jews are familiar with, which is a mezuzah. You know, so you have this little box with a scroll. You know, on your, on your, you know, most liberal Jews, I would say, on your front door, but or maybe your other doors in, in your home. And uh, you know, other than the moment where you, it, it's hung, I, I think it becomes like wallpaper. It's just it's invisible. And so I suggest. Um, uh, uh, a practice, and of course, there are traditional Jews who kiss the mezuzah, not not just at the front door, but every time they go from room to room, kind of thing. But most people in the world I know don't don't do that. I, so I s- suggest 
what if when you leave your house in the morning, when you make the transition from home to the outside world, and for many people, home to work world, um, what if you took a moment as you, you know, stood in the in the doorway, looking at the mezuzah, maybe kissing it, and and take a moment to to set a spiritual intention for the day. And in that sense, you want to you know remember to take your keys, your cell phone, and this spiritual orientation with you. And that could be, you know, specific. Like I want to try and and pay more attention to the the world the natural world around me. Or it could be, um, you know, very specific. I have a, I know I have this difficult meeting coming up today and I want to carry with me an extra measure of patience into that, into that meeting. And then if you want, when you come home, you can mark that transition again by, you know, some metaphorically wiping off the, the dust or like to say the schmutz of the day um, before you come back into your your home space, and 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 it's 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 about awareness. So broadly, and what I'm trying to do in the book is take ritual, which I think for many people's like I don't really get it, or I get it, but so what? Um, and 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 reformulate it as awareness practice. It's to bring your attention. To the, this moment of transition from home to not home, or it's um, to bring your attention to the the, the blessings in your life um, and be grateful for them, uh, uh, or holidays, you know, or reminders of uh, important themes, Passover, freedom, and um, Shabbat is to <clears throat> step away from a regular week. And so that, I, th- I think broadly, if um, people experience Judaism as helping them, you know, live with more awareness, more mindfulness, more um, um, closer to um, the the vision that we have of ourselves, you know, maybe less angry, maybe more open and generous. All the different kinds of issues that we we struggle with, then I think they'd want to be part of Jewish life um, because it, it 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 enriches their lot, and and if people don't experience that, then I I don't think whatever structure exists, it, it's not going to be a structure that um, that people are, are really going to feel that they want to participate in. Great, thank you for all that background. Now I'd like to jump into some text with you. Let's start with this quote from the Sfat Emet that is in your book in the chapter, What is Judaism Disrupted? Can you just uh, introduce the text? So one of the interesting things in my own process was, it was you know doing research, looking for within uh, the tradition, both rabbinic tradition and in uh, Hasidic texts for sources that I uh, felt uh, spoke to the contemporary moment and 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 I- interesting notions about uh, Judaism 
the tradition, etc. And one of the most amazing texts for me that I came across was a, a t- teaching by the Sfat Embet, who was a Hasidic master um, in uh, the late 19th century. He's later than the, the founders of Hasidism. And he, he says, um, uh, all of Torah uh, um, can be uh, uh, summarized is only about one thing, freedom. And uh, I, I think if I asked a room full of, of people, um, uh, you know, call out one word or two words that you would use to define Torah, uh, I think I'd get a lot of answers, and I'm almost willing to bet none of them would be freedom. Obligation, wisdom, et cetera, you know, um, and I, it was just uh, re- remarkable. And then he goes on to say that he, he talks about the 613 commandments, the traditional number of commandments. He, he talks about them as uh, not as commandments, but as so as advice or counsel. That basically all the commandments are to help us try and live a life of freedom. And 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 the way he talks about it which um, he says not to be uh, caught up in material things, as he, as he gives us an example. And I, I, th- I think from his context, he doesn't mean, um, oh, oh, material things are bad, spiritual things are good. You know, the, you know the, there's a lot of religious traditions that are kind of ascetic in their approach. They say the world is... A bad thing, or it's a trap, or it's it's to, you know, lure you away from the spiritual, from the the real, the things that have real value. Um, I don't think he's that's what he's saying. I think he's saying um, he's he's not focusing on asceticism. He's focusing on spirituality, um, and 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 he in his definition, freedom means. You can be be more like the person you uh, want to be. So, if anxiety is is, is keeping you from uh, or feel fearful of, of trying something new, is keeping you from ex- from moving forward in your life, or if uh, your your sense of yourself is you know not worthy, or um, or the fact that you know you get easily caught up in and being angry at other people and and you really don't like yourself at those moments that angry person but you can't escape from it so the torah is all about helping you to be more open compassionate generous um etc etc and that's what it's all about Uh, and i would say also that's particularly true for him as a Hasidic master, about being connected, being connected to who you are, being connected to the people you live with, the people you work with, and being connected to God or to the oneness that underlines the universe. Um, And that became that notion that that's what Judaism is all about um, became the, the starting point, really, of the book. And then I set out eleven core principles that uh, 
both in terms of teaching and wisdom and practice that I I I think flow from okay let, now how do we translate that desire to be free um, into into practice and and it's also just one addendum it's important to say I don't think he he's at all meaning freedom as it's sometimes used in in our society as uh, freedom from that you know the more Less restrictions you have, um, the the better it is, right? It's not libertarianism. I think it's it's being free to, you know, it's a f- freedom to be able to be yourself, be able to be generous, be able to make the world a better place. Um, so it's not a, it's not that there aren't obligations that flow from that freedom, but it's to um, really be able. To um, be, you know, the best you could be. I think it's it's an interesting um, teaching for our modern materialist, uh, individualist culture. Right, and, and you know, and look, and that's that's the story, right? That's our, our the Jewish people's foundation story, right? So. We were slaves in Egypt, and then we went out. And then as soon as they got out, they said, let's go back. You know, it was great back there. We all had, you know, leeks and cucumbers, which you can be certain they weren't being, you know. So, so uh, Eric Fromm, you know, his 20th century um, psychologist, he, had, he wrote a book, Escape from Freedom. And you know he 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 thinks that 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 really uh, happens happens a lot. Um, I was gonna you know say that one of the other things about Hasidism that I I, I think is very um, positive and applicable to to this moment and uh, uh, another teaching of this Fat Emmet. Is that he talks about how each day uh, the creation is renewed, you know, which is in the liturgy. You know, God, you renew the world each day, and he, he t- takes it in in a, in a very literal sense that the world is actually renewed, and that each of us, each person, is renewed as well. And he uses the language of bria chadasha, a new creation. So it's an amazingly empowering and optimistic notion that despite, you know, the way I have been for all, all these decades, right, and the, and this, this issue or that issue that I struggle with, and we all have such issues, that I can really change. Um, it isn't like this is the way it's been, and, you know, just live with it, and maybe you can change it a little bit but not really you know it's 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 that possibility is you know that if you are open to that then that that could really happen on and i would say on some level i may not be as optimistic as he is but i i think that's a you know really powerful and I just imagine he's he 
him saying this to his Hasidim, his followers, as as a way to really be encouraging them. And you know, late nineteenth century, you know, living near Warsaw, Poland, not the greatest place in the world to be, right? Um, and 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 it's a and and expressing that faith that you which he does other places as well is that you you can really do this right you you know Joe Schmo Jane Schmo you know ha, don't don't think about how much you've messed up and how you don't know that much you haven't done this or that it, it's all possible it's all possible and and I I, I think that's really powerful is it a view of Torah too that that he has, which I think we all have in this modern day, which is maybe part of why Hasidism appeals to so many of us. Uh, it, which is it, it, it's it's supposed to be speaking to us, right? That these stories aren't ancient stories, uh, are history, but they're actually the psycho spiritual advice uh, for each of us. So it's the same thing of what you said of you know, uh, renewing each day creation. It's the same thing about what Swat Emmett just said about, uh, about freedom being engraved on the tablets, right? That, uh, the stories that, that Torah is supposed to be alive and it's supposed to be, uh, a document or even more than a document. Cause it's the oral Torah too. It's supposed to be a living, uh, a living tradition for for hel- helping us to live happier, more fulfilling lives. Right. Yeah. It's one of the striking things about Hasidism is is the, the dynamic sense of Torah. Just you know, despite being you know, um, in many ways traditional, um, even at its beginning when it was you know more cutting edge than it's become, but there. There is this notion that there is a to- that Torah changes, and you have to figure out what is the Torah for this generation. And uh, I, I find it kind of actually remarkably par- parallel to Mordechai Kaplan and Reconstructionism. In many other ways, not very parallel, but in this, that there's this notion that there is uh, Kaplan had as well. Like, what is what is the the he talked about Judaism as an evolving civilization. It changes. So, what what's the Torah? What's this generation's Torah? And and I think the place they both say is it is the challenge of each generation to discover that Torah, right? If if and and it's an obligation, right? It's if Torah is to be alive, if Torah is to be the way it's supposed to be, then you can't just say. You know, well, just let's just do what we did last year or twenty years ago, right? Uh, it is what's the tour of our our time. As you were talking, I remembered that in your introduction um, about what is the contemporary challenge, you quote the Degel, the Degel Machne Ephraim, who says, "Thus, in every generation, its expounders complete the Torah." Because right. the Torah is expanded in each generation according to what is necessary in that generation, and what is the root of the soul of that generation. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking of that when I said it before. I just didn't, 
you know, and then and, then you are also mentioned Kaplan just now, which you also end that introduction with Kaplan. Um, I thought it was so interesting and beautiful that you um, went from the Daigle to uh, Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev to Mordechai Kaplan, you know? Right. And it, it, I think it's gorgeous. I think there are two places I think they intersect. One is that sense of there is the Torah of the generation. I mean, they say it in different language, but it's a, the other place they uh, intersect is, um, you know, Kaplan talking about Judaism as an evolving religious civilization, and the civilization part is like he's defining it more broadly than just religious things, right? So art and culture, they're all part of his understanding of Judaism. And Hasidism says a similar thing, though not exactly the same, which is that they're, you know, the what scholars call Abodav Shabagash Mu'at, that that holiness and service to God can happen in you know in anything that you're doing. So it isn't only the what I call in the book the Jewishly Jewish things like going to services, keeping kosher, celebrating a holiday, um, but everything you do, every interaction has the potential to be to be holy, and and I. Th- and again, I think both those, both Kaplan, but even more Hasidism, it's very embracing of the world. Um, that, that, in other words, again, the world isn't the obstacle. Um, every every moment, every interaction has the potential to 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 be holy, to to be connecting, to be generous, to be tikkun, to to be be a a small part of the re- repair of the world, um, and so then to define uh, Judaism broadly rather than narrowly. Judaism is is very broad, um, and and I think both Kaplan in his way, but particularly the Hasidic notion of of holiness is everywhere is um, is again a very powerful and important. Uh, idea and again modern I think in its sensibility um but but to, I, I think would that would be a real shift for people to understand um that well actually I'm a good Jew because I spend all my time doing social justice or um you know I'm very careful with my speech you know so I you know I really try never to say Washington horror never to speak negatively about people just just for the sake of being negative um and and you know and and that's and any one of those are you know a great practice to take on this and this is and to say this is my particular right this is the thing i i specialize in or i again i would use the language of you know humra like i i do a lot of things, but this is the thing I, I, I really go the extra measure. Uh, this brings us to the uh, next quote, at which maybe this is this is how we should end up, is okay. this quote about each person having their own letter of the Torah. Uh, I, that seems like that's sort of what you're alluding to here. Do you want to speak a little bit about that teaching, about each person having a letter of the Torah? So, there, 
So there is a, a, like a city t- teaching actually by, by the Dagon Makanev for I am, um, <clears throat> one of the early, early ish Hasidic masters, who talks about um, that um, according to tradition, there were 600,000 Jews who stood at Sinai, and there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. Um, of course, neither of those numbers are exactly right. One, the 600,000 is only counting men, not the women. So, you know, we don't want to do that. And and there, 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 people have actually counted the number of letters in the Torah, and it's more than 600,000. So it's not exact, but it's a nice, it's a nice Midrash metaphor. Um, and, and he goes on to say like every, everyone then has a, a letter of the Torah, um, that's, that's their special letter. So one way to understand it is, is that, you know, the Torah, there's a lot to hear. There's 613 commandments or, and, and more. And, um, and, we should all strive and do as many of them as we can, um, but there there could be one that feels like this is this area is the the thing that I'm going to really focus on, and that's going to be my Torah. Um, and I go on to say uh, this isn't the dagger, but um, and that means like that today with there are plenty of Jews who don't feel uh, part of. Torah or part of uh, not trying to develop their letter that that uh, the Torah is isn't complete and and you could say you know miss literally if there's a one letter missing from a Torah scroll the Torah is pasul it's it's not it's not a kosher Torah you can't read from it in the synagogue so metaphorically it feels like our, our the Torah we have isn't isn't complete. And we need, you know, everyone to participate in the reading in the Torah. So um, you could hear that um, depressingly, but I, at the end of the book, I talk about it in a positive way, which is that the the last commandment, the 613th commandment, in, in Deut- which is in Deuteronomy, says everyone should write a Torah scroll. And today people do this, um, you pay a, a scribe to write one letter and it's considered um, as though you did the whole Torah. But I want to say is that the truth is we we were all engaged in, in writing the Torah. And to go back for a second to the Svat Emmet, he has, uh, I think, a unique teaching, which is the oral Torah consists of what we do. We are writing the oral Torah. I, I think he probably means in addition to the traditional oral Torah. But he has this remarkable definition, and that's how I want to hear it, that we are all writing a Torah scroll by our lives, by our deeds, by our misdeeds, and and the people who uh, you know who are who remember us, you know, after we pass on, they will continue to to read and teach our Torah as long as memory is alive. But it, in fact, writing the Torah is probably the only commandment that every single Jew does, even though. Many of them don't know that they're doing it, um, and I think that, to me, is the opportunity of uh, Judaism disrupted is to, you know, find find your way in Torah, and to add to the Torah that we have um, for f- future generations, 
and to continue to unroll the Torah scroll, finding new meanings uh, and, and new teachings um, for the years to come. Thank you so much, Rabbi Michael Strassfeld, for joining us today on these days leading up to the holiday of Shavuot, where we celebrate the giving of the Torah. And I think that's a wonderful blessing for all of us. Until next time, this has been the Neshama Project podcast. I'm Rabbi Ben Newman. Take care.